You're listening to the Black Eagles podcast. Everybody, episode 177 of Besiktas International's The Black Eagles Podcast. We are back again, just another week later, staying on schedule these days, um, despite our team not having a schedule, per se. Or that is, you know, being in the offseason. It's a weird way of saying that, I guess. Uh, But yeah, so... Obviously, an exciting time for all of us as the offseason has started to kind of slowly move around a little bit, and we're starting to get some uh, some information actually about uh, transfers incoming, friendly matches incoming as well. Um, so yeah, lots of fun stuff. Of course, what we're really here for, all of us, is the much anticipated uh, conclusion to um, my lovely chat with Khan Bayazid, co-host here, former co-host, future co-host, present co-host, the co-host. Um, but yeah, so the thrilling conclusion to our chat. And then of course, at the very end of that, uh, Evron, the Akman himself, will be back uh, to um, give us the latest transfer news. And there's actually quite a bit that he has to report on. Uh, but so yeah, shouts to everyone as usual as well um, for coming through. But yeah, let's just cut right to the chase, perhaps. Uh, before I do that, let me just make one announcement that's fairly exciting. We have some news regarding friendly matches for the offseason. Um, on July 27th, Besiktas will be playing Real Mallorca. On July 31st, Besiktas will be playing Levante. And then on August 4th, Besiktas will be playing Getafe. Uh, we don't have locations yet. I'm, I'm, I've been given them all as home matches. I don't know if all of these Spanish teams are going to be visiting Turkey. Perhaps it'll be a uh, training camp deal in Antalya or something like that. Um, but so yeah, stay tuned for, for any more information regarding that. But maybe not. Uh, at least we know we have three friendly matches against... Spanish side, so that's kind of exciting. Uh, but so yeah, anyway, so that's the only news I have to report. There's obviously some transfer news. Um, Sali Uchan is official with Besiktas. Um, I'll let Evron do the bulk of the reporting, though. Uh, and yeah, I, mean, that, I, I mentioned that because it's actually a perfect segue to, once again, the thrilling conclusion to my fireside chat with Khan Bayazid, um, who, yeah, look forward to him returning with Khan's Corner, or, you know, hashtag Khan's something or other, whatever he comes up with for his name, but um, yeah, he will be returning with sort of regularly, regular, I'm going to say regularly dropped uh, com- commentary, regular commentary um, 
<clears throat> about Besiktas and whatever the latest news is. So, uh, yeah, more of Khan in the future. Uh, but until then, what we have right now is the, the like I said, the, the, the third part of three um, of our season review for the 2021 2020 2021 championship season for Besiktas. Uh, let's get to it. I guess one thing I should probably note as far as things we have mentioned um, in relation to what you were just saying, had Sergen not re-signed, we would definitely not get Sally Uchan, we can probably say. So that's good as far as uh, now, I think it's probably back on. Same thing maybe yeah, even with like... He'll be announced in the next couple of days, it's being said. Uh, I don't know if we would not have signed him otherwise, but I, I do think that Sergen played a big in his decision. Right, and we've talked about how Sergen specifically has said he wants the chance to, to help Salyuchan kind of reach that next level. So I feel like that would have definitely been a contributing factor for, for Sally to, you know, to I mean, I, I would, his mind I would, up about I would imagine up. so, yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. Well, I will leave our, I'll leave on this note. This is perfect timing. Um, just less than 30 minutes ago, Sergen Dikme, who I think is still the, the go-to guy, right? Um, he yeah, just man. put out a tweet. He said, mm. Cagliari, Cagliari, how do you, Cagliari? Cagliari, Fiorentina, and Torino yeah. haven't put in any. They want offers. to, they are interested in Vida, they said, but they yes. have put in any official offers. That's right. Yeah. Uh, but Sally Uchan, he says, will play for Besiktas yeah. next yeah. year. That yeah. seems very definitive. And an agreement was reached with Kenan Karaman. Yeah. Uh, his contract with Fortuna Dusseldorf expires on June 30th. Yeah. So we have to wait for that to officially expire, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So stay tuned, obviously. Um, so that's all good news. Also, he he finally he, he leaves that note with the sub note. Uh, there will be at least seven transfers, he says. Yeah. So uh, let's see. We've got Sally Uchan, Kanan Karaman, a striker. Yeah. What else we? A TRT four are also reporting that Besiktas have. Uh, started negotiations, preliminary negotiations for Alexander Mitrovic and Diego Costa. So, striker position-wise. Diego Costa, that name's been thrown around a while already and it been, has been confirmed by several credible sources that Besiktas have made him an offer. Um, supposedly, Besiktas have offered him one and a half million guaranteed with 500,000 in bonuses. So, you know, roughly two million a year. So um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I wanted to briefly sort of um, again pop mm. some some negative people's misconceptions here. A lot of people have said that Diego Costa would be the next Falcao, and I disagree. And so mm. far as it seems like a we're being very careful about not overpaying, and that's the main thing about yeah. Falcao that that was so dumb. And B. He's not as past it as Falcao. You know, Falcao, especially well, with, the, with the type of injuries he's had. It's difficult to say, really, because uh, um, Costa had a really uh, bad year because of COVID, and he had uh, blood poisoning or something. So he, he's had some, some physical uh, and health setbacks this season that uh, ultimately ended up with him um, uh, terminating his deal with Atletico. Um, but he's... I, I believe Diego Costa is 32 at this t point, so he's not that old. Um, and also, the blood issues are, I'm assuming, they're not the type of issues that would be chronic in a way that would impact his 
not to my to play, which, right? Not to my knowledge. I've spoken to a couple of people about it who followed La Liga really close and I asked him, "Hey, what's the deal with Diego? Is he is he basically? Do you think he's he's past it? Is is top football beyond him?" And uh, he did say, like the person I asked, did say, "Well, probably, uh, but maybe worth a gamble if uh, Bishtesh are interested and if you know the deal is basically." Um, if the deal is uh, feasible, uh, you know, advantageous or however I should put it. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think Diego Costa is. I wouldn't necessarily say option like the best option. Like obviously, if you can get someone like Alexander Mitrovic, that would be better. But I honestly don't know how on earth we would be able to afford him. I think he still has exactly. a long-term contract. Uh, yeah, that's I, the main thing, right? Yeah, so yeah, I, because the price is right. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I, I, like, are we are not in a position where we are going to be paying a fee or a big fee at least. Like, maybe a, like a couple of million. Like, but like, let's not forget we have to buy Gazal, we have to buy Rosier. Like, most of our transfer budget is gonna go towards those guys probably. Or at least one of those guys. I don't think Bishtesh will be spending a lot in terms of transfer fees, like we never do. But I don't think we should realistically expect that. Like Bishtesh don't have that budget. Uh, that's not gonna happen. And, and, and our strength has been in our savviness, and it's like even in our worst times of late, right? Like the Carius era and stuff like that. Mm. We were doing smart business by like doing a loan with an option and then another guy would bring in with like a two-year loan and then an option and so spacing out our ability like our flexibility yeah. and not locking ourselves in yeah to uh to big money sort of errors so you know even in our worst times i think we've actually been pretty savvy in that regard i mean yeah you can say it's savvy you can also say well look it's just basically passing the buck to to next season like um, right. It is. It is what we are kind of forced to doing, but it does always put us in those positions, like with Rosier and Gezal now, yeah. where we're yeah. now stuck with all oh, with uncertainty. Um, Although I will say this, though, I, I think both Gezal and Rosier might have been more hesitant to sign up long term without that year. You know what I mean? And like now, oh, yeah. I think they'll yeah, be for way Gezal, more receptive for, to it. For Rosier in particular. He did not like initially. Bishtesh were the deal on the table was loan with option to buy, but Rosie had requested that to be removed from the contract because he yeah. wasn't certain and he wanted uh, he wanted to see first about um, how 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 things would go. You know, so um, yeah, for sure that that definitely played a role. Um, yeah, so I don't know for I think for Gezal it was more about it being a little like because that was a deadline day transfer. I think that was yeah. more about them not being able to to get all that stuff agreed upon, and they just wanted to finish the the, the transfer as quick as possible. Which right, the story is famous sense. now: the, the, the scooter to to get the paperwork in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is also like speaking of a romantic club, like the stories like that. Or the type we'll probably always remember, you know, our fan base anyway. Yeah, and you know, for me, like, I think, I, I, you know, like, Bishtesh is, is a romantic club, it's a beautiful club. I'm not saying God, Soraya and Fenerbahce aren't beautiful clubs. Like, obviously, to us, they, they aren't necessarily, 
but like I'm sure that to Galatasaray and Fenerbahce fans, they are the most magnificent clubs in the world, and that's the way we feel about our club. You know, that's that's the way how we feel about our children, the way we feel about our our spouses. Like our spouses, our children are always the most beautiful, and 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 the smartest and and all that the most wonderful in the world right that's how we see that's what what you say when you're in love with something and i think that's what 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 we kind of have with with our football club as well and uh, i think it's important to respect that other people may not feel that way and may not feel that way about theirs and that's perfectly that's perfectly fine but but you know like um Bistesh is is our one true love in in football at least and uh certainly yeah don't <laughs> tell my wife uh no football sure. i said <laughs> no, no, no. you know like no, there's, um, there's, there's, i've been accused of of uh of prioritizing I, I, over other things. I have told i have told a lot of our of our younger friends especially this past season because it was such an emotion an emotional roller coaster Football is amazing. Football is great. Bishitas is amazing. Bishitas is great. But the most important thing for mental health is that you have more going on in your life than just Bishitas. Don't let that be the one thing you're hung up on. You need to have healthy, uh, a healthy amount of interests. Hobbies exactly. are important. You need something to take your mind off of it yeah. on bad and, days. And, and sure. people to, like, the thing is, like, I, I used to be the same way. Like, many of our younger fa- uh, younger friends, like Evron and, like, Kartal. And, uh, and I, trust me, I can still have, like, after a loss, still have several bad days. Or even, <laughs> like, the, the whole thing in the cup a couple of years ago with Fenerbahce, that spoiled me for, for weeks. <laughs> but it's very rare nowadays that I... Mope I mean, their the fans made that so much worse. Yeah, but the thing is, like, you need to be able to 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 set your mind on other things from time to time, and you need to realize that football is what that. Football isn't yeah. always glory and victory. Football is sorrow and defeat, and that's part of it. And that's part of what makes the sport. You don't get the good parts without the bad parts. Exactly, and 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 without the bad parts, the good the the. the Without the lows, the highs aren't worth a damn. And that's why this season is so amazing, because we've had those lows. And that's why the next time Fenerbahce win the championship, it's going to be amazing for their fans, because they've been waiting for so long. And because they've had so many lows. And like hopefully that. they will have many more lows for the next coming years. I, I hope it extends yeah, yeah, for, for another decade. But when they finally do lift that trophy again, it's going to be sweet for them. It'll be sour for us, you know. Maybe they'll just become a basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll become uh, Besiktas FS fans for a while. Maybe if they merge, we can uh, win a Europa, uh, Europa, whatever thing that is called. The Euro League or whatever it's it, called. Yeah. It only it only twenty five percent of the population care about. <clears throat> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> the Euro League. Um, Thank you. Yes. Is that what it's called? I think that so. is what it's called. Yeah, yeah. I didn't remember, but it, that is indeed. There's like a few though too. I don't know the other. Yeah, there is a know. few. Uh, the Euro League, I believe, has kind of a Super League, but not the Turkish Super League. The European Super League model, in which that yeah. you uh, have guaranteed uh, participants, regardless oh, of domestic crap. performance, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So that's crap. Yeah. That's crap. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Like uh, Bishik, I think Bishik won the other version. A couple of years ago, the one you can actually like the the, 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 the UEFA Cup. Uh, I'll put it that way. I think Bishtesh won the that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
not, not too like like I don't know seven eight years ago or something I don't know when exactly, but I, I believe Vistas won that version. But Fenerbahce yeah, of course won the Euro League a couple of years ago, and then this year FS won the Euro League, and Fenerbahce fans were super salty. I noticed that. I, yeah, they were so upset they were about super it. super salty, and I couldn't care less. I honestly don't understand like. Basketball, I think, is a like I, I, NBA is great and all that, but I don't have the time for it, man. Like football for me, that's enough. Like I don't have the time for basketball. Yeah. So my interest in basketball, I am not saying that I don't like basketball. I think basketball is great. It's an amazing sport. Uh, can can extremely exciting, but you know, I only have room for one sport uh, interest in my life. And I think that's the I, same I, way I, for many people. I am the same way. But rather than it being sort of exclusive to the one sport, my attention in football is almost 100% Besiktas related. Like I don't follow the sport at large much. And it's the same thing with basketball. My attention is almost entirely on the Knicks and everything else is just sort of background. Like I'll sometimes watch the playoff games in the background. I rarely watch other teams during the regular season. So. I mitigate having two sports by not sort of like back in the day when I had time for all of it, you know, I would play mm. all the video games and I would know all the players on all the teams, oh, yeah, both yeah, yeah. sports for the most part. And that is just not realistic <laughs> anymore. <laughs> like watching it's it's actually hilarious watching the Euros this this summer. How out of touch I am because there's all these guys who I thought would be good and they're like kind of past it and they're they're like on the bench already or like not even on teams and it's like what what happened to this guy or, or like Italy is so weird well, to Italy me. Is they're like the opposite of what they're supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, but th that's normal because Italy have a lot of players from from the quote unquote smaller teams. So it's normal that as a as somebody who only follows the, the Serie A peripherally or at, at best peripherally, you're not going to know a lot of those players because they have a no, bunch have of no Sassuolo idea. players, they have Atalanta players, you know, like which I is mean, a huge change for them, you know? Like, they used to be so top-heavy. I mean, yeah, of course, but I mean, if you look at Atalanta, they've been performing the last couple of years, they've been amazing. Sassuolo has a great working, uh, like, the way that that club functions is, is great. So, uh, I mean, it's credit to those clubs, you know, the fact that they do have that many players on the on the, on the national team, um, you know? No, but I I, um, I have a fantasy team, actually, with the, with the fault guys, you know? Turkey yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, I, they, they wanted me to get on that, but I'm one of, I'm so bad at that. No, man. I should have rejected for the same reason that you did. Um, <laughs> but I, it's so funny because like I, I, like you would have done. I just set my team in the beginning and just let it go. You yeah, know, exactly. Like, but I, um, mean, I probably would have done pretty well because Lukaku would have been my striker. So well, he is my striker. So that's ah, the only saving grace. There you go. There you go. My problem though is that I had Chilar as my ah, keeper yeah. and um, no not, yeah, uh, not Tyler as my defender yeah. and Urjan as my keeper yeah um, because yeah. I was thinking we're playing Italy and I was like you know this is where I'm dated right I was like they're probably gonna beat us but maybe one nil and there's a ah. chance we hold them to a draw I'm thinking you know Catenaccio you know they're gonna they're gonna <laughs> defend and hold the well, ball that's what we no. tried that's what we tried right we exactly tried, <laughs> we tried exactly. to out Italian the Italians but they out out Spained us uh, exactly I mean I think it's Italy's playing amazing football and I, I I really I think so far from what I've seen they've they play the best football at the Euros 
Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I'd love Belgium to win the Euros, but well, you guys are playing great I think uh, if it's not going to be Belgium, then uh, let 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 uh, Italy win it, man. Like uh, as long as as France doesn't win, you know. I mean, I mean, I'm just sort of com like coming at this objectively, or like I said, I don't know a whole lot of what's going on anymore. I have to say that Belgium, Italy. Uh, Germany was really good too. Like they got really. Germany, on yeah, especially given that Portugal, you know, is obviously a tough side and they yeah, really yeah, like yeah, handled yeah. them. And and don't forget, like they lost that first game against France and they got really unlucky in that one. And then they go behind against Portugal and still come back to win it four two. Yeah, um, exactly. Like the pressure, like if they would have lost that game against Portugal, they they had a significant, they had a serious chance of not making the next round. So, like. They didn't even sweat. Like they just went oh, up and over them, and that's like they played. I mean, I think apart from Italy, probably Germany has played the best football at the Euros. Um, Belgium have not played that great, in my opinion. But yeah, but they. What what I've enjoyed about Belgium is that they now have so much talent in certain positions that they don't have to be. You know, like you're still gonna get. Yeah. production up front you know so as long as you can hold it in the back and that's where I've actually been somewhat impressed with you guys you guys have a really big back line that's very imposing like I would hate to to feel like I need to score goals against your team <laughs> yeah but the thing like that a... Belgium lacks is a company like they don't have company anymore so they mm. lack that that Virgil van Dijk that um, they they lack a high a, a real they, they lack a real no no they just lack a top Tier defender to lead that defensive line, um, which they had, of course, with company uh, in the past. But of course, he's retired now. And I, 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 I think I love Toby Alderweireld. I think he's fantastic. He's probably my, 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 one of my favorites on the national team. And Jan Vertonghen is great. Like they're, they're, they're great players, but they aren't elite. They aren't like Lukaku is one of the best in the world. Kevin De Bruyne is, in my opinion, I think he is. He, think is, he is, in his position, the best player in the world, or at least top two, top three. But for me, I'm going with best. both of them in, in the top of their position. I mean, look, that's what I mean. About well, it. I think Lewandowski, like as a pure nine, I think Lewandowski is probably a little bit ahead of him. But like, as I thought so too. But you know what? This this tournament is what changed my mind in that regard, and it's because. Where Lewandowski has struggled because he hasn't been able to get the service he needs to be real productive. Yeah, but uh, Lukaku has not struggled, and what's sort of impressive, I mean, especially to me, about Lukaku's game right now, is how much it's improved since I was last more regularly following. And so, I always felt like he had the capacity to be an amazing striker, and with yeah. his finishing ability and all that, but. It's so obvious to me how much he's worked at his game in terms of his ability to, to, to be on the ball and to move with it. And of course, he's still a little clunky. I mean, he's a big, very muscular he's, dude. He's, in, he's, he's so much better. He's like, a, we, we we call Abubakar a tank, but like Lukaku is like dude, twice, Lukaku is a man. twice the, the tank Abu is, you know, like, I mean, Lukaku I don't I like he has like now he's sort of verging on the kind of physical freak like LeBron James kind of like he is a monster physically mm. and he's now good enough on the ball where you're like oh my god did he just do that like that big muscular like if you didn't know the game mm. you know and you just saw these things all objectively 
you would immediately identify that that guy is a physical freak of nature and just way too good on the ball and way too fast for his size <laughs> and muscularity, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I was blown away by him yeah uh, for so sure far. i mean like i've been a i've been a big proponent of lukaku for for many years like you know i i still cannot believe and i i back i back in the day in 2014 it really annoyed me that there was even a conversation being had about who should be belgians for a striker like the question was Christian Benteke or Lukaku and at the time Mark Lomelt was the coach of Belgium and he was very tight with the Hazard and stuff and, and Benteke was kind of Hazard's boy and Benteke was playing quite a lot and I just thought it was so ridiculous because you have one of the like at the time he wasn't the, among the, the best yet but he you could see like Benteke is a good player good striker sure but like there's a difference like Lukaku was destined for greatness and why would you bench him ever over Benteke it's like and just when you know what like he man I, just, I can't believe how good he's become honestly like it's, yeah it's you know he's only he's only 28 and he's already scored 63 goals for he's his country. entering his prime he's entering his prime yeah yeah that's, he he's currently this uh, is this is his prime and if you know like if you look at Lewandowski Lewandowski I think is 832 or something like yeah, that and like exactly. he's been like it's all about sustaining your prime right like it's mm-hmm. entering that prime grabbing onto it and then holding onto it that's the most important part and that's what many top tier strikers can do like that's something like for example Diego Costa he had that he was among the best in the world then slipped through his fingers he couldn't sustain that and there's it's it, it, it it's it requires a rare player to hold on to that like a Cristiano Ronaldo and like a Lionel Messi to stay at the top of your game for five plus years and they've been doing it for longer than that they've been doing it for 10 well, years what's amazing about them is, is how they can sort of adapt mentally to the game but what mm-hmm. what impresses me about Lukaku and when you think about this aspect of it is like I don't imagine as much as his game is predicated on physicality it's not like his blowout speed you know what I mean like it's actually much more to do with his uh, ability to hold off a guy and so even if he like blew out a knee I don't think I mean granted if it was like a really bad one obviously then you're screwed but I don't I don't imagine it would like destroy his game to the extent that like Diego Costa Diego Costa kind of relied on that burst at the end whereas like Lukaku honestly he'll often take guys straight on um, and just like yeah but, them, but you know? Lukaku it's, it's, it's like, really something to a lot see. of his great goals and his great contributions to, to to play are from him just bulldozing toward goal and being unstoppable so I do think that if he would lose that I think that that he would definitely have to seriously compensate and improve but like Burak Yilmaz you know Burak Yilmaz we all thought would be the type of striker that wouldn't age well because of how he relied at you know being being played true behind uh, the back of the defense and that he did rely heavily on his reaction speed and his acceleration and, and actual speed while running and he's not slow by any means but he's definitely not as quick as he was uh, six years ago and Burak is still I mean obviously he didn't have good euros but he had a fantastic season at Lille and um, yeah like I don't you know I mean I, I know 
Umut, my friend from Football Turka, agrees with me on this that probably Burak is better the last couple of years than he ever was because of his experience and, and mature yeah. the, the way he's matured as a as a player. And that's one of those things with Lukaku being only 28. Like he's he's already very mature because obviously he's been playing at the highest level for so long already. But he's still got like he can still improve his his mental aspect of the game in the sense that he mentality dude and what and that's yeah. that's why i was so impressed actually i think was your first match against russia yeah i yeah. think it was yeah. right yeah and it was in that match i think it was his second goal where he, he did it all with his feet and he dribbled around two guys and then slotted it in and it was just like that's one of those oh things like he you is, know, if, if, if he can do that it's over for the for any league <laughs> that he that, plays but in. That's, Honestly, that's like, who's going to stop that? Factor, right? Because Lukaku, right now, the last two years at Inter, he's really come into his own, and he's just like the confidence is bursting out of his pores. Like he is so he's radiating Dude. it, and he is so confident right now that makes him. How much is a guy like Lukaku gonna benefit from Hakan Chalhanoglu's free set yeah. piece ability? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> The Inter is going to be a beast. Are you serious right now? <laughs> you know I'm a hater, right? I'm a Hakan hater. I, I don't. I, I, I no, I, I I am not Evron. I totally dislike okay. Okay, Hakan okay. Chalhanolu. But his only strength, his only strength perfectly matches Lukaku, right? I mean, think of the free kick. Like, Lukaku with his physicality could just... Yeah, but Lukaku is definitely I, I, someone I, who, who scores mainly from open play. Like, he's not... This, I mean, sure, he's tall and strong and he well, can ball. But he's never had a guy... I mean, very few players have had a guy like Hakan on set pieces, right? I feel like, I, I feel like, like his set pieces are attitude. a little bit uh, over... over you know? Oh, okay. I'll let you, I'll let you uh, keep that out with everyone. I'm definitely not... I'm not a Hakan guy. And I don't. To, like, I mean... I just feel like their strengths suit each other. For me, like, I, not, I, mean, I, I, I'll I take your word admit, for it. I have, a, I have a very hard time recognizing Hakan's qualities because I think he's such a shit human being. Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> that's funny. I don't know anything about it. Just the way, just the way he's it. left basically every single club in his career. It just, it just to me, it's like, ugh, no, no, just. I don't know if you saw. I was. When I was just looking for the for Belgium stuff, I, I found um, uh, a, a tweet of AC Milan fans. They burnt his shirt, which you know. Speaking of a well, bad I mean, exit, you know, I don't. Like, I can't I imagine much worse than that. This exit for him is one of his cleanest yet. Like he didn't, he didn't like screw anyone over here. Like when he went to when he went to Hamburg. Well, okay. When he went to Hamburg, he had already signed a contract with Trabzonspor, and he broke that, and he, 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 oh my God. you know, screwed them over on that. Then he went to Hamburg, and then at Hamburg, I, d I don't remember if it was at Hamburg or at Leverkusen. I think, it, but like, but bo bo at both both clubs, he did something nasty. I, but at one of the two, he basically, when he wanted to make that next transfer, he. Stopped, he turned off his phone, stopped answering his clubs for weeks, completely ghosted his, his employer until they gave him what he wanted. Um, and, you know, then he went, obviously, that I think that's how he went to Milan, I think. Um, or might have might have not been. I might have been to, from I think that might have been Hamburg to Leverkusen. 
And then I don't remember exactly what happened with uh, with Bayer, with Leverkusen to Milan, but that wasn't. I don't think that was kosher either. And then there's this, of course. This one, this one's probably the the least controversial because okay, he's an. Oh, in he's one way, no. <laughs> at least yeah. financially. At least Milan, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that is. I mean, uh, think of like Babel, right? Like think of how Besiktas fans view him now because of his joining the rival. Probably smacks of that. I would imagine Milan fans are. I mean, pissed I think there's a difference there where we were like, okay, Babel was important for us and did good things for us, but he was 32, 33 years old. When I know, you know? I, honestly, I'm, I'm still not even mad well, at no, Babel. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't care for him. Like he, he asked that money from us and we refused to give it to him, and he. He, they, they paid him two and a half million guaranteed and then they gave him another signing bonus from a million or something a year so basically he's making like three three and a half million a year so that's insane we were paying so him 2.1 <laughs> like he he got at the twilight of his career he got uh like a like a mm, i don't know 35 percent pay bump still from just moving across the city like yeah can you fault him no i can't like go ahead no. No, and that's that's the main thing. Like, when it comes to Bowel, yes, he joined the rival. But I don't hate him because it's not like we were like, oh my god, we're losing Babel. Like, I don't. And I, all of us felt like he was a stopgap as Babel, it was, and so to me, I feel like we we all feel like okay, well, they can have the guy who's kind of already. He was, passed was it, Baron was this season. He was important in the system, but he wasn't. He wasn't the key player necessarily. Like Laren. I mean, you could probably argue Laren was way more effective than Babel even right with the 19 well, goals or I mean I think uh, I mean it's debatable obviously Babel yeah no Babel was more useful more in other ways Europe I mean obviously Lauren didn't have that platform of the Champions League but Babel definitely stepped up in the Champions League and all that and uh, I'm not gonna despair I think Babel was great for us I think Lauren just had a fantastic season for us and that's one of those things with Keran Karaman like I've never been a fan of Keran Karaman I've never rated him I think football technically he's not a very good football player but I can perfectly see him filling that Laren role and doing well because he he's the type of player that can keep running for 90 minutes. I'm, I'm sure he can follow Sergan's instructions to run to the far post and he's good at using his physicality. I mean, technically he's not great, but he doesn't need to be for what, what we need him to play. So I think that Kenan Karaman to go full circle because we just spent like half an hour talking about the Euros but to go full circle I yeah. think uh, Kenan Karaman is the type of player that uh, makes sense for us with the, the, the form limit changing um, it, I think it's good to switch a, a, a quote unquote non-key player like Laren who was maybe not key not a key player in the definition of he was one of our determining players but he was very important and that role is important to fill. I think it's it's a, it's a good, on paper move. I'm I'm not saying it's a good move per se because it, we'll have to wait and see how he pans out. But I think if Sergan can get what he got out of Laren, then I think he can get something similar out of out of Kenan Karaman. I'm not saying 19 goals, but I think Kenan Karaman should be capable of scoring 10, 11, 12 goals in the system we play, assuming that. We that are that are foot that we play good this season, obviously. Like, if the team doesn't function, then Kenan won't be productive. But that's the same thing for Lauren. Well, and I, I, I think there's another aspect of this, and I mentioned this 
in the in our sort of transfer window preview episode last time. But for me, given the nature of our um, the, the foreigner limit being increased and all that in the mm-hmm. TFF, I really feel that we're at a stage where we're signing. If you can get a guy on the national team at a reasonable price, no less, because like supposedly his contract seemed like nine hundred thousand or something. Um, there's no reason you, you, you would ever say no, and at the very least, you're doing damage control, right? You're making sure that if this guy's not a bust and he can succeed in Turkey, he's not doing it for your rival, he's doing it for you. And he's cheap enough, and you you know, given our need for depth, given the, our need in that position specifically, um, given our need for Turks mm-hmm. specifically, um, it, 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 it's, I don't think anyone should really be upset about that move. Even though his Euros were less than ideal. But again, like, who's yeah, yeah, honestly, exactly. Right? Who's weren't? Like, Mary Demerol. Who would be sad that we got Mary Demerol, right? But uh, at the same time, he had hey, bad Euros. Man, so. I read a tweet this week that was very uh, confident in stating that Serda Aziz was the superior defender over Mary Demerol Chala <laughs> uh, I mean, I you know, that. like, has to be true, right? What was somebody that? Somebody writes it on Twitter, yeah. has to be true. Yeah, it was on yeah. Twitter. Another yeah, Twitter it was written, expert. so it must be true. Yeah, I mean, right. the guy was a Fenerbahce <laughs> fan. Maybe that played a part. I don't know. Uh, it, it, yeah, you know, it's, it's not like they <laughs> didn't have enough players on the team. I mean, Ozan Tufan didn't play enough, right? He didn't get didn't get enough yeah, opportunities. Exactly. Uh, and you know, everyone knows. Every I picked that I picked that bastard. For everyone my knows. Team I am a <laughs> big fan of a motivated. Uh, Ozan Tufan, but oh my god, yeah. was he sh- He wow. did not give an absolute. So f- he just- Why couldn't Dorukan play? No, no, not Dorukan. Let Orkun play. Well, yeah, Orkun cooked you for sure. That kid, like in the friendlies, yeah. he was like one of the the, the the bright spots. Like, he gave that assist. And- but I just, because Ozan. Positionally, it was being relied on more defensively. That was why I, mean, I, I sort of defaulted he, to, to Dorukan. But, I mean, Orkun is... He put Okai on the pitch in the first two games. And Ozan was terrible in both. And then he took Okai out. Mm-hmm. And he left Ozan on. I mean, I, that's, you know, I that's know. one of those <laughs> things, like, people often criticize me for... My hate on Shinel Gunesh, and it's not hate. It's just I, I was I, I was so it. tired of him. I mean, all mad respect for what he accomplished his first two and a half years in Besiktas, like the two titles and with the Turkey two title. Yeah, of course, the two titles, the Champions League run. It was absolutely phenomenal. Thank you so much, Shinel Gunesh. But you are a stubborn mule and you always play favorites and that that's not how you that's not how you you select a national team that's that's how we fell apart because because he started having favorites to play with us. and that's clearly what's happened with the national that's why, side that's too. why that's why Gunish is uh, good short term but not long term like i know we got two and a half years of success out of him which is good but we also sacrificed two years because of him and his stubbornness at the end yeah, and we and we and how many players did he did he like how many transfer fees exactly. did he ruin basically? By not basically? letting them settle in because he was so stubborn about yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that's one of those things. Like he has that t- tendency, like tendency of if I, if you 
if I discovered you or you did something and you know you you went to battle for me in the past, I'm gonna be uh, uh, you know loyal to you until yeah. to a fault. And he has that with 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 Ozan Tufan on the national team. He had that with Quaresma, and everyone knows I love Quaresma. I'm a big Quaresma fan. But there was a time when it was time to bench him, and 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 Chanel didn't do it. Chanel didn't. And that's one of those things. Like his first season at Besiktas, as soon as Quaresma did a Quaresma thing. A negative Quaresma thing uh, yeah, exactly. on the bench or subbed off, yeah, and that's one. Of, that's the thing he lost to him. Like as soon as he won that first title, and then especially that second season where Quaresma was very important. After that, it's like yeah. he could do no, no wrong. Like he could do whatever and he that's wanted. Definitely. And Quaresma needed discipline, that, and that's a coaching. That's that that that's that's not yeah. on Quaresma. That's on that's on Shinel Gunesh lacking the discipline that he needed to you know put on him like that he is at the end of the day he's the boss he's the coach and he's supposed and you to really keep highlighted the players in line for me the like, biggest what? uh the way he didn't just hurt us hurt our football on the pitch but he hurt the club long term um guys like negredo yeah. and yeah, german Lenz. i mean i mean there i could probably just list rodolfo there's a, there's a whole list of guys Mitrovic. that um were yeah, just Boyko, completely Mitrovic. given short tripped, um, dumped, and not yeah. given the ability to settle in. And how much money Karius. and time we wasted. Karius, absolutely. Like, look, look, everyone who's listening to us right now is going to think, oh, but those were all flops. Yeah, but why? Exactly. Why, why did they flop? And Karius, like, the I thing mean, about Karius that I'll never forget. I don't care how you feel about what he's done for you, for the club, the, the money stuff he did after, all of that, whatever. At the end of the day... It was so damning when he came out and said that this guy has not spoken to me at all, right? Like, yeah, we said yeah. when we were bringing him in that this is a sensitive guy who's just had a really tough time and he needs yeah. like all the support he can get. And we were talking to the fans because it was such an yeah. uh, it was it seemed obvious that the coach would would know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and that's uh, that's the big difference with Sergen. Yeah, because all his players say the same thing. All you hear of him is that he has a great relationship with his players. Even the foreigners. And that he talks that's to so them. Important. Uh, Even the foreigners. Gazal, Rosier, Abu, every single one of them have talked yeah. about how important Sergen is and how they, how they want to yeah. come back and play for him, you know, like. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I don't get me wrong. I'm sure the thing is like a, a Quaresma and a Jenk and, and those guys, they would have given quote unquote their lives for Chanel. But the other guys wouldn't. Negredo, Lenz, those guys, no, no chance. And that's the difference with Sergen. Sergen's got all, even Laich, despite the fact that they did not get along at the start, yeah. he won them over, and Laich won him over. They won each other over, but they, they, they ultimately ended up, you know? And that's the thing, like Sergen, he has almost the entire team behind him. And uh, a, a mutual a, a mutual friend of ours at the beginning of the season at some point, and he's gonna he's gonna hate me for bringing this up because I keep bringing it up, and he, yeah, he's gonna get mad at me. But I'm not gonna name it. I'm not gonna name any names. A mutual friend of ours at the beginning of the season at a certain point said, "I think Sergan has lost the locker room." <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. The dressing room. The dressing room. I think he called it. And that's one of those things in hindsight, and I even thought it was ludicrous at the time, but in hindsight especially, like, I think it's the last thing that's going to happen with Sergen losing, him losing the dressing room, because he is clearly so 
you know, connect. He he's he's got a relationship with everyone, with all the players, and with his staff. He's got a really good relationship with everyone. And I think that's the difference with Channel, where, and that's probably a generational thing as well, because Channel as a player never really played with foreigners. Yeah. You know, back at the time in channels. Yeah, that's like, a good point. Yeah. You know, and I and I think that you know, channels English, to my knowledge, he is not good. Mm. His English is very bad, to my knowledge. So I think his communication was always through a translator, and that's probably difficult. Yeah. And that's the difference with Sergen. I'm not saying that Sergen speaks perfect English, but well, Sergen clearly feels finds a way my to. My only problem yeah. with what you're saying is, I don't. It's not an excuse. Like, if you need a translator, pull the translator in. But, yeah. like, you know, like, you course, still should have made that effort, right? And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. And this is one of those things, like, and that's not even something Karius said when, when, when Channel was gone, to my knowledge. I think that's something he. Yeah, He's that's, still there, that's something yeah. he said. That's something he said after a match mm -hmm. where Channel criticized him and, like, openly criticized him. And then Karius was asked about it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's how it went. And Karius said, well, the manager's never spoken to me. Like, I would prefer he would, would tell it to me instead of the media. Which is so fair. And then you just know, like, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm, you can say what you want about Karius and his career since. Like, it's not like he's doing great now. But at the end of the day, uh, is, it doesn't matter. Isn't he actually it's I about, he was popular again with Union Berlin or wherever he went? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really uh, care. I don't, ca I don't really care. Uh, but for me, it's about what the, the, our coach does with the player exactly. at the time when he's contracted to Besiktas. Mm -hmm. And if you don't care enough to even talk to a guy and, and do your job and coach him, then why are you earning one and a half million a year or whatever he was earning at the time? Like, why are you being paid to do this job that you're not doing? You talked about it briefly, yeah. and I think it's such a key point. The generation gap, you, you mentioned in a different light, but I think this is where it really shines through. And like, Channel Gunesh is from a different era, you know, and these kids these days, yeah. right? <laughs> we're, we're old, we could all oh, kids these days. But no, there's no doubt. Like, I mean, I, as a boss for, of a company that we, we we own, we've hired many young people, still work with them every day. Um, and their emotional intelligence is way higher than ours, you know, or, or I, I think we're on the cusp, maybe, but certainly than older folk. Uh, and that's good and bad, and the good thing is that they're they're in touch, and you can reach them. Um, but the bad thing is if you're not of the mind to do so, uh, you won't. And I think mm. a guy like Shanel Gunesh, you know, if you're not going to talk to a dude at all, yeah. that's not going to fly with this generation. Yeah. Whereas I think Sergen maybe prioritizing I mean, man I management, it, it goes so far. I can't, like, I mm. think camaraderie and, like, a team ethos and all that stuff, it's going to be even more prominent in this era because of, you know, the generational thing and all that. Like I, but I, I think it's also a, a stubbornness factor um, mm -hmm. because let's not forget, like, I, from what I remember is, like, Channel didn't want anyone. He didn't want a keeper, remember? He wanted right. Tolga. Mm -hmm. Tolga was his boy. And the yeah. first time... We 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 tried to quote unquote like because the fans were calling for it, you know when we tried to put somebody else in that position was when um, when we got Boyko yeah. and he basically I mean in my mind at least Sergen uh, Sergen uh, Channel I'm not gonna say he sabotaged him but he definitely didn't help him either. 
Um, and then, of course, Fabri came, and Fabri was so good that Channel couldn't go around him. But I think when Fabri, I think in left, the beginning, Fabri had some resistance too, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did, he did, he did. But but Fabri had the mental wherewithal to yeah, he overcame win him. him over. He won, he won Channel over mm -hmm. for sure. I think Carius never did. Yeah, well, and, um, and again, age, right? Like Fabri is kind of represents our generation more, whereas Karius is more of a younger dude, like a, yeah. an Achman, if you will. <laughs> For sure. I mean, and the thing is just as well, like I think with, with, with this is where I, 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 why I call Chanel a stubborn mule and also why I think he plays favorites is I think Chanel invests a lot in the relationship with his favorites, mm -hmm. with his shushus. I think he invests a lot, in, uh, has invested a lot in the past in Burak. He's invested a lot in Ozan, he's invested a lot in, in Jank, he's invested in Quaresma, he's invested in those guys for sure. But um, clearly if you're not on his on his list yeah. um, of, of favorites, then he, you don't really get any FaceTime with yeah. the boss. And that's not, I don't think that's healthy. And, and I, I don't, don't know how much FaceTime those other guys got, aside from the fact that they're all kind of dominant personalities, um, outspoken extroverted so i'm sure that like they're all the type of guys who would go to the coach really you know and, and they, they would have something to say rather than wanting to necessarily hear what a coach has to say and, and i think perhaps chanel ganesh responds better to those personality types but again right like mm. you can't you can't guarantee a personality type when you buy a player oh, you, you can see their tape and you can see how how well they kick a ball or yeah, but you know you, dribble you on it or whatever it is, but you don't often get I, I think that's yeah maybe but you know again like how much can you know yeah. about a dude from I one mean, conversation or, or even the two or three was the channel got players that he didn't approve didn't want himself necessarily and rather than making yeah. the best out of uh, out of the situation i think he kind of almost rebelled against the board or whatever but and 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 just went out of his way to uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, it's not the player's fault that you didn't ask for them personally. It's not the the player's yeah, fault exactly. that the board went against your wishes and didn't get Serdar Aziz exactly. but got Mitrovic or whatever it was at the time. You know, that's not that's not on the player. Like you as, a and it's childish, right? It's childish to to play those games instead. Well, of the coach, the coach is making do with what the you coach can. can out his displeasure. But he should never take it out on the player. His job is to make the most out of what he's given. And that's the thing I like about Sergan is that he utilizes his entire squad. And he makes the most, uh, he gets the best out of players. And I felt well, like Chanel never, well he did that with some players. But he, I felt like he did it with too few. And, and he didn't utilize the squad. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, and, and again, right? <clears throat> It's one thing to take it out on players, but once, and as we already sort of talked about, once it starts to impact the club, yeah, that's when, right? Like it goes beyond like. Petty I mean, obviously he won all the money for the club, right? He won two championships. He qualified just for the Champions League with that. He won. He got a lot of money for the club in, in that regard. Uh, he did put. But think of all the money lost on, he, on transfers. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Out. But I mean, that's always happened. That's that always happen. Not, sure. There's no. Sure. But more with him, right? But yeah, yeah. I think he he definitely did some capital destruction, as we call it in Dutch, you know, which means basically <laughs> yeah. that you know the, the the equity you have is that you basically destroy its value by. Uh, he devalued assets. Yeah, exactly. Right? He de and he did that because that's what football. Players Look at Jermaine Lenz still, right? We're still paying that bill. Yeah, 
yeah yeah exactly uh, like uh, yeah and that's that's the thing that's the case with uh with, 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 with multiple players like i think a guy like uh matej mitrovic like i'm not saying that we could have sold him for 10 million or anything because clearly like oh we're on the same side of yeah i mean like we bought him for 4.2 and we sold him at a, at a at a minor loss but we sold him at a loss and the thing is one of those things where i felt like after he missed that penalty against lyon it was kind of over like for channel he was done like yeah, shades of uh, Pedro Franco. Yeah, and he's done that with, with that one bad. He's done that with or Easy Matt, right? Against he Fener. did that with multiple players where I felt that he kind of wrote them off. And I'm not saying that like, he didn't play them anymore after. Actually, Easy Matt was him, wasn't it? That was uh, oh no, that was Abdelavci. That was Abdelavci. No, Easy Matt was Chanel. It was yeah, yeah, he, yeah. the Fener match where he had the one bad half, and yeah, yeah. that was the end of his. Geez, well, uh, he did still play after that, but. Yeah, definitely. Like Minimally. Channel play, Channel always has a scapegoat, and maybe Bergen will too. We haven't seen that side of Sergen yet, but we can. I mean, honestly though, like this season, there are so many opportunities for him to blame, especially early on and then mm. late on in the season, yeah. where he could have blamed individuals, and he never did. And, and like you said, he protects his, his strongest ability was shielding yeah. players from criticism and actually um, taking it on very much absorbing and i think yeah. players uh, players appreciate that and that's also why players not just individuals but like the team as a whole i think appreciates that because they know this coach fights for us so we're gonna fight for him and i think that's kind he of he didn't crap on anyone in post game you know like i i don't remember him in like this laren character just can't get it together you know like like this kind of thing you would have heard channel ganesh say about like he did say about a number of players at the time mm. Um, Sergen really, you know, when when we played poorly, he would always center himself, right? And he would say, you know, our preparation wasn't right. We've got to do better. He would keep the commentary very minimal, uh, which again, like when you're down and you can criticize others, it's better to be quiet and more pensive and like let, you know what I mean? Like you don't want to be the reason that that someone on your team is underperforming. You don't want to be the reason that their morale is is suffering. Uh, if it's suffering, it's going to impact their performance, and so it's it's very much in your interest not to be the reason to do that. So, uh, I mean, massive shouts to to Sergen for what he's managed so far, and uh, yeah, perhaps middle finger to Chanel. <laughs> to be honest, I really um, like no. this. Is my biggest fear when, and now I'm so glad we can have this episode now that we're, you know, Sergen is in. My fear. I, you know where I'm going with this, right? Is that if we couldn't have signed Sergen, yeah. you know who would probably come come next? Um, yeah, I mean... Chenel, I assume. Sh Sh yeah, Ahmed Nurchebi has a good relationship with Chenel, but of course Chenel is still at the national team. He is not resigning. Um, I don't think he's getting fired because he does what he's told. So, I I don't... I Yeah, I mean, that was my fear. Leading into all of this, I was... Like that, I was I stayed quiet about it, but like the sense, the kind of the eerie feeling I had in the back of my head was things aren't going well in the national team. Sergen just pulled off a miracle with Besiktas. He's out of contract. Um, this they they still haven't reached terms, and it's looking more and more likely like Turkey's gonna go out of the Euros. This is progress. This is a progressive thought line, of course. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, once we got eliminated at the end there. Um, like the feeling for me was kind of like I, I was I wasn't say I was convinced of it but definitely that option was in my head of 
ooh, okay, they might sack Channel now, and Sergen's just waiting for that opportunity to sign with the national team for big money because Channel's paid like three million a year. I know that was the, one of my bigger fears too was how much they were obviously willing to spend for that. Yeah, uh. and there's a lot of being. There's a lot been said about Sergen's wage and all that and his demands, um, but let's not forget like his his wage includes his staff. It's not just for him. Um, and like the, supposedly the biggest issue in the negotiations was Sergen really wanted to keep the team together as much as possible and to strengthen it. Whereas the board, um, I think. Yeah, of course they they wanted to do where you know what was possible, but they also wanted to take that 40, 45 million from the Champions League and kind of put it in the bank almost, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I completely agree with the board. I there. get it. Yeah. Like for yeah. me, for me, Champions League success is not, not important. Yeah. Exactly. Like I I get Sergen doesn't want to go to the Champions League and get slaughtered. In fact, in fact, I respect, that, I respect that he doesn't want to do the Abdullah yeah. Avci thing, right? Like. <laughs> Shore yeah, up his yeah, reputation exactly. domestically first type nonsense. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I'm kind of um, torn on that. For me, personally, I very much hope that we have a respectable campaign. I don't think it's realistic for us to expect to go through to the next round of the Champions League. I mean, obviously you can get lucky with the draw, but I don't think it's realistic. Um, I think Europa League after the winter break would be a tremendous accomplishment, but we should focus we should put our main focus on the on the league and winning the league again and i'm not saying we're gonna it's gonna be extremely difficult for us uh, to do like doing better than this season is basically impossible but the goal should be win the league again extend our title to extend that champions league money hopefully and let's not forget this is the last time the turkish champion will qualify directly for the champions league for a while so you know if we win the title this coming season then we'll have to play qualifiers the very next season but at the end of the day, um, I, I really do hope that uh, that 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 uh, we do okay in Europe. But most importantly, that we uh, do well in, in the league and retain Gazal, retain Novosia, build a team towards the future that that Sergen hopefully can be in charge of for many more years to come and be successful with. Yeah, that's my that's my dream. That's my hope. That's my dream. I don't know if it will happen. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't, we'll always have the 2020-2021 season, which was amazing. One of my favorites of all time, if not my favorite. No, I, I think so too. I, you know, even if it's, even if even if Sergen had left, I feel like, uh, I, I mean, honestly, a coach could have messed it up. A new coach could have totally broken what he built. Uh, so I'm glad he's there to kind of solidify that base. But certainly, mm. I think. Um, the foundation that yeah, Sergen's built is, is, is a strong one. The only coach that I would have wanted if Sergen left would have been Riza Chalambay, yeah, I, I think, and he's not same. available. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see any logical, I don't see any logical candidates otherwise, like... And even, I mean, even Riza, you know what, honestly, I don't think I would want Riza because Riza, I would feel really bad for him to come into a very yeah. bad situation. Yeah. If Riza ever becomes Besiktas coach again, I want it to be through the front gates, not with the fans being against the board yeah. because they let Sergen go and stuff like that. If, if Riza ever gets that opportunity again, I, I, it has to be under the right circumstances because I feel like the first time he was kind of set up for failure and, and that was a very 
tough nut to crack, uh, the hard pill to swallow for him for many years. He carried that around. We all noticed that. For sure. Uh, he's an absolute legend of the club, which I think today's generation doesn't recognize. But Riza was basically like the one. He was the the Steven Gerrard of Besiktas. Like he played 16 years professional football, and it was all for Besiktas. Like he didn't play for a single different club, and he was the captain. He was. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like, he deserves, if he's ever going to get that job again, he deserves it Properly. under the right circumstances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear that. And I, I, you know, one a part of me, of course, wants to see a, a Sir Alex Ferguson-like Sergen Yalcin run now for many years to come, but we all know that in, in modern football that is not necessarily a realistic thing to aspire to. Especially in Turkey with um, all the turnover, you know? Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, that's hopefully my first hope. But if not, if, if Sergen does, you know, next year or the year after, or the year after that, or the year after that, you know, decide, okay, I need a sabbatical, or I don't want to do this anymore, or, you know, just yeah. for some reason, one year or another, you know, he's out. Maybe at some I, point I would, the national team beckons, right? Like, okay. Maybe. I mean, I prefer, I, I very much prefer he just, uh, I mean, stay at, at, at Besiktas then, Same. but, you know. No, I actually don't care a ton about the national team, honestly. Uh, I'm really a Besiktas guy. I, I, I want them to I mean, win, of course. That's Turkey is my yeah. team, but I'm just more into club football, personally. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's difficult for me. I, I can't say that it's, it's cost me any grief to see Turkey do so poorly. I, I, I really wanted them to do well. I, I wanted I wanted it for Channel too. Don't get me wrong. Like I've been very negative on Channel, but I still I, I I do still respect and love him. I just think that the problem is that a lot of Besiktas fans glorify him now and don't see yeah. those obvious flaws in his coaching for style. Sure. And every coach has his flaws. Sergan has his flaws too. But I think Channel's flaws are more detrimental right now. Like because they, like we said, they they. They impact. They have impacted the club in a negative way. They have impacted a lot of careers in a negative way. Uh, he's also impacted a lot of careers in a positive way. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I, 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 for one, I'm glad he's gone. I'm, I'm grateful for what he's done. To the first two and a half years, I'm very grateful for those two and a half years. They were wonderful, but I am very happy he's gone, and I'm very happy with his replacement. Sergen, for me, is is a better, is a better coach and. A better yeah. fit, a better everything. Better fit, uh, better everything, you know, yeah. Modern mentality, yeah. perhaps. Yeah. Um, anyway, we should probably wrap this thing up. This was excellent. It was great to have you back, on. Now, this is a great moment. I think we should, we should introduce your um, cons corner. What are we calling it? I, I don't know. I don't know. We need, a, we need a, a good name. We don't have a name for it yet, but anyway. <laughs> Khan will be submitting. And, and obviously, the more we can like actually record episodes together, the better. But... In the absence of that, well, I have good news, Sina. In about a year, we will be able to revert back to recording together. The old school. Or, nice. I like it. Yes. Finally, the plans have come true. Uh, contracts have been signed. At the end of October, beginning of November, we are finally starting construction on our new house. So hopefully, awesome. congrats by, by maybe this time next year, but I doubt it. Probably a couple of months later, but like let's say a good twelve months from now, hopefully, our house will 
at least be livable in. <laughs> I'm not gonna so, say. So finish. next season, next season we'll be back to the old format. Um, this season, this current. I guess Maybe is it already the season after? Uh, it's gonna be the season after. I guess so. We're saying next season is okay. This, this is after next. Is yeah. It? Okay. So, but yeah, I, see, I'm already I'm already calling next season this season. I'm in the mode. All right. I'm in, all right. All right. I'm all right. geared into it. You yeah. Know? So uh, but no, for sure. So hopefully, like midway through uh, the 2022-2023 season, my 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 life will have normalized again and I will be able to actually record with you at a normal time for you, not in the morning. But I mean now But so okay, meantime, in the meanwhile, we're gonna create a special segment um, as often as possible, certainly whenever you have something to talk about. But so Khan is gonna submit you know, we always do like the after the beep thing. This will make more of an actual segment. I'll put it like in the middle of episodes. Uh, and so Khan is gonna have a segment. Featured you know what? You can call it episode. before the bleep. Not before the bleep. Not, Ooh, I like not, it. Not after the beep, but before the bleep, because I'll probably be swearing. Because <laughs> they'll be bleeping. Like for everyone who's <laughs> yeah, anybody who's offended by curse words, get ready. Um, no, it'll be great to hear you back on the podcast regularly, of course, uh, to get your thoughts. I mean, I'd very much uh, prefer it if it would be in, in just us going back and forth, because I, I do miss course. that. Um, it's, it's always great to catch up with you, Sinan. And uh, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, like, for the time being, that's just the way it is. It's also kind of why the, the, the Football Turka podcast isn't, isn't as regular as I would like it to be. Uh, hopefully, you know, once uh, our house is finished and my studio... For recording is finished because uh, there's a possibility there to uh, actually uh, do something there. Uh, Go nuts with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're probably gonna Upgrade. have uh, a completely insulated basement area as Ooh, well under the entire good. house. So there's gonna be a lot of. You could start a band. <laughs> I could, but I'm not very musical. I mean, I can sing, sure, you know, I can sing, but uh, I can't play any instruments except for maybe the block flute. I don't know if that's even a word in English, uh, and I can't. Well, you can certainly lead lead guilds from from down there in peace. Definitely. <laughs> uh, well, dude, it was awesome to have you, man. Um, great, lot, so much to talk about, of course. And I think that's obviously why we, we went on for so long, because it's been, yeah, we could we should do it more if we can. Obviously, if schedules work out and all that, but. Regardless, I think I think everyone does on. a tremendous job. You know, he's uh, with uh, I mean, this analytical mind, and he has a good view on football. He just has this predisposition of yeah. uh, of liking the bad boys, which is not always a great thing. But um, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy uh, yeah. everyone's takes on football for sure, and I respect his opinion. His youthful outlook. I mean, he he has he has, we, he has uh, his very good takes on football. Uh, some I don't agree with necessarily, but uh, Chahanolu, <laughs> for instance, yeah, for instance, or his his obsession with uh, Neymar. Oh my God. Oh man, yeah, that one's even worse mm, for sure. Mm. He likes those uh, those divas. He he does. <laughs> I mean, you kind of get it, like from Quaresma. Yeah, Chihuahua, yeah, yeah, for sure. That's like uh, you've gone too far this time. But it's like you know, um, like he he'll 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 gush over Neymar. But then he'll like kind of downplay a Kevin De Bruyne, and I'm like, yeah, dude, no, come on, recognize greatness, come on. He's all about the flash. Oh, he's all he's stuff. all about the flair, you know. He's a kid. What are you gonna do? Yeah, he's he's huge. You know. Uh, no, obviously everyone is a great co-host too. But no, it was excellent having you, dude. Um, follow this man on Twitter at Razarian. R A Z Z E R I A N. 
Only, uh, only follow me if you if you are no. So I don't need any of those uh, people in my life. <laughs> no drama. No dumbasses sure. of the world. Like just stay away. I don't need you. The Twitter jerks, the drama, the drama oh, clowns. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 uh, no, I'm with you on that. And for those of you who are like that, and you are following me, you can, you can stop. <laughs> we don't, we don't need that. I'm kidding. Um, no, it was awesome to have you. Uh, follow us on, uh, you know, on Twitter also at Eagles underscore Podcast. Uh, Bestitosh underscore INT, right? Lots of news coming in. Well, and I have some plans uh, by the transfers. way for the future. I'm, I'm probably gonna start. Uh, once that's 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 something for not too this like like once we're in the house probably but I am planning on finally going to show off my shirt collection on Instagram at some point I have that Ooh. ambition because I'm I'm adding a couple of nice pieces uh, and uh, I think I showed you the last one I got. Um, that's great. You, you you spent a pretty penny on it. Ah uh, yeah, I mean, you know like. <laughs> I'm at it this happens. point now where I where I have to go into the delve into the 90s and those shirts tend to cost a pretty penny. Uh, so yeah, if you do if you do have some uh, classical Besiktas shirts from the the mid to early 90s, the Adidas versions especially, and you want to get rid of them and they're in great condition, uh, let me know. <laughs> yeah, he's on the market always. I am on the market uh, for sure. It's funny. I spend all my money on like newer shirts, like every season, and then. I'm uh, not Nick's gear too, so I've 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 uh, I've taken on a lot financially. Yeah, you know what? I, I've been kind of slacking on that a little bit. Like last season, I didn't get any shirts. Okay. Uh, I, I got yeah. I got a bunch of, of tr- like because I, I love to wear like I love the the, the Adidas pants. Like you know, I have a bunch of, of, of three quarter pants, and I have a, 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 a few, uh, several uh, long training pa- tracksuit pants uh, and I bought I, I, I spent loads of money on cartel Juvis' stuff last year but I just didn't buy any shirts wow, and wow. usually because because I like I like to get match worn shirts mm-hmm. and that's why I usually don't buy them from the store but last season there wasn't really anything like I mean an Atiba shirt for sure but I did I ended up getting one for this season um, so I because I still hadn't have didn't have an Atiba match worn uh, I did get one for this season though so but I, I don't know, like last season, I, I really liked the black shirt, but I didn't really like the white one. I don't even remember what the third, oh yeah, the third one was that, that, that lilac li- 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 shirt, well, I like right? One. Yeah, I kind of like that. I mean, it's a collector's yeah, item, so, maybe. I mean, Something. yeah, I, I should still get the black one at some point, but I, I'm kind of slacking on that. I, I Like two seasons ago, I didn't even get the white shirt because I didn't really like yeah. it. Um, I'm a lot more picky about the newer shirts, I guess. Like, I like the shirts. Like, I didn't really like the white shirt this season, but I love the red one, yeah. and I, I like the, the striped one fine. Uh, but because it's being a ch- because of it being a championship season, to, yeah. I, I ended up uh, I ended up getting all three. I, I got a, a, a Gezal one from the Cup final. Um, wow. I got uh, a Rosier one, match Damn, worn. Count me and, jealous. That's amazing. Uh, I don't know if you saw. And Atiba won we to raise for funds for for Mohammed. Um, we yeah, sold an El Neni match worn and an Atiba, and the Atiba match worn. Oh, I wanted it so bad, and I felt like it was the whole conflict of interest thing really bothered me. <laughs> I because I, I, I also like I've donated the most, <laughs> so I felt especially crappy about not. I wanted that one, Oof. but whatever. Yeah, we live on. And that's... We carry on. For sure, sure. Yeah. No, I, I, I actually I put a break on my on my shirt uh, spending for for a long time and saving up for the house. Yeah, yeah. But now um, that that's sorted, and, you're back and, in, you know, back in business. I, I, and I, well, 
Well, I still should, I still should, but I just, there's a couple of those shirts that I could not resist, like, felt like I had to have those for this season, and then the shirt I bought recently, like, it was one of those shirts that everyone needs to have in their collection, so, yeah. Well, dude. And hard to find. We'll, uh, we'll be back, and, um... Maybe yeah. maybe you could interview Badish this year about the the next season, kids. Um, but either way, one of us probably will. Um, but anyway, we'll be back soon. Great to have you, Khan. Everyone, stay tuned. Uh, we will be back more regularly now that the the transfer season is hopefully kicking up. Certainly, we'll have uh, some friendlies to announce soon. You'd imagine a schedule of some sort. Um, Just- uh, the training schedule, like when the team starts training again, has been announced at least, but no friendly. Uh, we were supposed to go to training camp in Slovakia, but they cancelled yeah, that. COVID, so, I guess. Uh, they're just gonna train at the facilities. This is like wave four for you guys in Europe, man. It's getting nuts. Um, yeah, hopefully there's no less boom. COVID stuff <laughs> next season. But, um, anyway, yeah, it was a great chat, Khan. I hope we'll get the chance to do it yeah, more. Great to catch uh, up. But either way, it'll be great to have you on the. Uh, uh, after the, oh, before the bleep, if you will. <laughs> um, I don't know. You know, it was just a suggestion. I like I it. Know. I like it. We'll we'll, uh, we'll workshop it. Uh, no, yeah, thanks yeah. for coming on, dude. As always, um, it's good to get two episodes out of the way too. <laughs> Helps me a lot, actually, in this season. <laughs> I, I I also suspect it might be the news will be a little bit slow, probably, um, since we just got the manager. Um, I, expect- I mean, it should speed up. I now. don't know. I expected to pick up. Yeah, it could pick up now. I mean, I think Sali Uchan will be announced soon. Kanan Kaman probably announced soon. Hopefully, uh, Rosier and or Gazal soon. And certainly, if we get any, any foreign and then, then uh, we might have yeah. to call you in to do an interview. Like, like we did in the old days. Um, find a good journalist who knows uh, what they're talking about. If I can... Something like that. Yeah. Sure, anyway, sure. Khan, awesome talking to you. I'm sure the listeners will appreciate it, too. Um... Well, <laughs> you too, and uh, the listeners of both, of course. Thank you very much, Khan. Uh, great to have you back for three episodes, although just one conversation, technically. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great chat. I hope you all enjoyed it. We, I think we covered just about everything, including... A little bit of outdated Euro takes and whatnot, but whatever. Uh, I kept it all in there just for the sake of, um, you know, your listening pleasure. Uh, but so, yeah, without any further ado, let me cut right to our friend Evron Viakman with the latest transfer news. All right, so the last mini transfer update of this epic con and Sinan discussion. Um, so the first transfer of the season has finally happened. Salih Uchan officially signed the contract and he's in training. Um, multiple players re-signed. His contract, contracts ended. I think the most notable, Atiba Hutchinson, never in doubt. Re, re, re-extended for one more year. Uh, Gekhan Tere re, re-extended for a one plus one year contract. Um, Utku re-signed for three years. Um, that was kind of the uh, maybe a little bit of a surprise, um, and then Nejip kind of like re reshifted his contract, um, so he still has two more years with us somehow. 
Um, and then with that, uh, Tyler Boyd, who was originally out of the team, is now back in training. Um, Kartal Kaira is still training with the team. Um, nothing else crazy going on. Gezal is we're in negotiations with Gezal still. Those have not finished, and then there's not been progress made with the team. Rosier, we don't know what's happening. He's posting like uh, videos of him training in French shirts and Besiktas shirts. Um, no other teams, not sporting the team, you know, that owns him. Um, he has not reported preseason there, so I think still wants to come back, but you know, we're still waiting. That's in balance. Kenan Karawans had no new news. Um, Diego Costa. You know, the number one striker target supposedly. There's been no, you know, nothing new from our side. But Benfica, who's considered the the top competitor for Diego Costa, their president, um, is getting arrested. Uh, like they're sending, um, I don't know exactly what the uh, the charges are, uh, but you know that could definitely throw a, a wrench in their ability to negotiate for things when they're when the president's getting arrested. Um, so that could help us get Diego Costa, but it's not, it's not a guarantee. Um, Alex Teixeira is still training on his own. He's a free agent. Um, Lajic is with the team, training with us. That's like the supposed swap that's going to happen, but there hasn't been any official progress. But we know that the club wants Alex Teixeira. Um, so then the club is monitoring several center backs, um, Turkish center backs, uh, Kan Ayhan, um, and Mercedes who are in Italy, um, but those are tough ones because the clubs are not likely to loan them out. But if the loans are available, then obviously every club in, in Turkey will jump on that opportunity. And then another one that was actually on my transfer list, um, Abdul Kerim Bandakçı. Um, Bishkaz is interested in him. The fee is likely to be around a million, and Gala is also interested, but I think we have the edge in that transfer. Um, Montero. Um, Javi Montero officially said goodbye, which was not a shock um, that his loan was not extended with the foreigner limit, the 8 plus 6 coming this year, there's no space for him in the team, there's barely space for Boyd, um, it's just it's just a logical conclusion. Mishkash um, is supposedly coined to Orta Chizgi, which is no longer top tier official, like Sir John Dickman, but um, it's still pretty reliable so we have made an official offer for Bruma there are also Dutch sources saying we were interested um, with a loan with an option to buy for like one one sixth to one seventh the fee that PSV just paid for him from Leipzig um, just two and a half million euros is what Bishkash offered as transfer fee um, obviously if they loaned him they'd have to take the brunt if not all the salary um, but Dutch salaries tend to be on the lower side um, so it's should be an affordable transfer, but some people won't want him to come. And there's been a lot of other big names thrown around. Paulinho's a free agent. Um, you know, the name Jekyll's been thrown around. Uh, those those are a little bit stretches. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna say impossible, but improbable. Um, not really worth. You know, the the sal the odds of them asking for under three million salary are so low. Um, and I don't think the club will be spending that much. So, but if there's any developments, we'll let you know, um, and uh, you can get back to the uh, the great combo with the guys.
very much Evran. Um, the man returns with the latest and lots of news there. <clears throat> Fun stuff for us to all consider. So yeah, we'll be back next week. Uh, I will be back with someone uh, or not. I don't know. Who knows? You know. Um, but we'll definitely be back somehow uh, with the latest. Hopefully with some more transfer news. Um, certainly we'll have a little bit more discussion of Sally Uchan as an official member of Besiktas. Uh, and, and maybe someone else, or a few people, who knows, by then. Uh, but certainly we will be back. Thanks for tuning in, as usual. Um, follow us on Twitter, at Eagles underscore podcast, for the podcast account. Follow myself, at Sir underscore right underscore a lot. Uh, follow Khan, our guest this week, uh, at Razerian, R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N. Uh, and follow us on Instagram, Black Eagles Podcast. One word. Um, one more word from our sponsors. Uh, as far as myself goes, anyway. Let's go, Bishop Peace out, everyone. Uh, yeah, see you around, folks. Besiktas International hopes you enjoyed this program.